0: Welcome to the Managing Miscarriage podcast. I am Melissa Whitman, founder of the nonprofit One Generation and our current initiative, Managing Miscarriage. We help women through the heartbreak of miscarriage and as a nonprofit, we run completely on donations. Our services help thousands of women. So please support us by donating through our website, managingmiscarriage.com. Thank you for tuning in. I'm here today with Maureen. She's joining us from Australia to talk about her experience of having four subsequent miscarriages, one of which was ectopic, and how it has affected her life as far as career, relationship, her identity, and also how it's changed her thoughts for her future path. So Maureen, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. So tell me about the first miscarriage. So let's just get the listeners acquainted with your story. So let's start at the beginning.
1: So um, I guess the beginning would be when we maybe started wanting to try as well so um my now husband and I decided about a year into our relationship we were engaged and had gone on holiday and decided from there you know we really want to sort of start thinking about trying I wasn't sure whether um it would be easy for us or not because I'd been on the pill for about 10 years so um we're a bit unsure and we just sort of I remember it being a really um exciting conversation around we were living in Sydney at the time so um, walking around the Darling Harbour and sort of thinking about you know maybe it could be only as soon as a month that we could be pregnant and, and having um, our own family. And so we had that conversation um, and it wasn't until, so it was in January of 2015, it wasn't until October 2015 that we fell pregnant for the first time. Um, we decided in between that time to move um, back home to Brisbane. So for those who don't know Australia, that's a state move about 12 hours drive or sort of two hours on a flight. Um, so we decided to move back, and I was um, officially unemployed, I guess, for the first time. And that's when we found out we were pregnant. Okay. Um, in really interesting timing. Um, but it's I guess in hindsight, it um particularly because of the way the other pregnancies have happened as well it was almost like the stress of not working um, seemed to have a little bit of a magic to it Um, so we were living in uh, at his parents house at the time um, until we found our own place Um, and we uh, I think I remember feeling like you know I, I feel like when you're trying you or even if you're sort of actively or not actively trying, you still are a bit, you're hyper aware of any symptoms. So anytime I thought I felt like the simplest amount of nausea, I was like, oh, I'm pregnant. Um, yes. And so I remember he was at work and... Um, I felt a bit funny and then was like I can't remember exactly what day I should be due so I was like I'll just you know I'm going over to my parents house anyway I'll I'll stop in to the chemist and grab a test and I'll just sort of do it over there and I'm sure it's wrong but you know whatever I'll just do it anyway. Um, Went there did the test and straight away the like as as soon as it processed like the lines came up straight away and it was just so crazy to think that that what would have happened and it just you know really weird timing but we're really excited um and so I had about three hours until I could pick him up from work and um that was sort of yeah it was so long um so I kind of tried to make a bit of an excuse and just immediately left my parents house so I could go um I went to a cafe and I wrote him sort of a, a really nice letter which I'm sure he still has somewhere um about like how I think he's going to be a great dad and it's just so exciting for us to have this happen in our lives and um when i picked out he particularly loves Batman so I went and picked out a Batman shirt and um put that in like a like wrapped it in a little gift and took the letter with me and then um when picked him up and he normally prefers to drive so it was really odd for him for, for me to have picked him up and been like you know I'm the one that's driving I need you to sort of just open this thing um and inevitably we sort of stopped on the side of the road because he was just like, this is so sus, like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, and then he opened it and his face once he was kind of like, like, why are you giving me a child's T-shirt? And then realised that it was, um, you know, because we were pregnant and he was so excited and it was such a really, really nice moment and I think something that, you know, unfortunately now for um miscarriages on we probably don't get that sort of sense of excitement but definitely in the first one you know it's that really really exciting thing of you know we're gonna be parents um so you you
0: feel like this is gonna happen but as the miscarriages go on that
1: that absolutely okay yeah yeah absolutely so that first time we didn't have anything of that which was you know really good and I guess we'd kind of figured well we'd we have been trying for about nine to 10 months so that kind of seems like enough time that you know surely it would work um so we then um made the decision that we wanted to tell like I'm not very good at keeping secrets so I told my parents and we told his parents and they're all really excited um he's an only child so when we do have children they'll be his mom and dad's only grandchildren um and we went and saw my usual doctor. So I guess luckily we moved back up to Brisbane and there was a doctor I'd been seeing since I was a teenager. So we went and saw her um, and she'd explained, I think I'd had some spotting sort of maybe a couple of weeks before. And that's where I think I'd gotten confused about not really knowing that it was actually pregnancy because I'd thought I'd kind of had a period. Um, and so because of that, she said, you know, we'll just go and get some tests just to make sure everything's fine. Um, had no sort of, idea that there wouldn't be anything okay at that point either. It was just more of a, you know, we'll just double check. Um, but that that can be completely normal. Like that can be implementation bleeding. So don't worry. Um in that meantime I ended up getting a job, so I started working. And then we'd gotten tests. And I think the I don't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something around the HCG levels, which is I think what initially picks up um in pregnancy tests and what should be doubling or tripling or something every 24 to 48 hours um and she'd gotten tests done and then asked me to go and get I think tests a couple of days after because compared to when I'd said roughly I thought I I think I thought I was about five or six weeks along um the the numbers didn't match so it could have been as simple as I'd gotten my numbers wrong like my weeks wrong or it could have been something a bit more sinister um And so I went and got tests again to see whether the HCG levels were going up. But at this point, I still didn't, you know, first time. um, I think you just put a lot of trust in doctors and think, well, if they're asking you to do it, you just do it. You don't really question it. Um, And so I went and got more tests done. um, And then she called us in to um, meet with her to go through those. And it's still at this point, I didn't really kind of back in my mind was thinking maybe this is not good, but, um, you know, she she didn't really let on, and I guess rightly so, um, we didn't really let on that there was, would be anything we'd have to talk about. It was more just like a routine thing. Um, so my husband picked me up from work and we uh, went into the doctors and at that point she explained that she was seeing that the a number wasn't going up um, like it should and that's not a very good sign and that tends to mean most likely it's not a viable pregnancy. Um, and in fact, the, the I think the number was actually, it was going up slightly, but not as fast as it should. Yeah. And that's where she was then concerned that it was ectopic and explained what that was because I didn't really have any idea. Um, and that, uh, you know, kind of explained how severe that can be. Um, but uh, like, I really, I briefly remember that conversation, but also at the same time, I feel like we were just still trying to understand, you know, so is this. Viable or is it not viable? And right. so,
0: and how far along are you?
1: I think we we're about six weeks then, because I think we got as far as maybe eight weeks. Um, so yeah, about six six weeks. Um, and so the main things we kind of took from that was we need to go and get an ultrasound and see what's going on, and you know there still could be it could still be okay, um, but maybe not. And it was all quite a, a bit of a whirlwind. Um, and I remember. Like I, I can be quite, um, when it comes to sort of tragedies or things like this, I can really sort of hold my emotions in when I need to. But so, you know, the whole time we're sitting there, I was like, okay, okay, and just sort of took it in and, and was fine. But as soon as we got in the car, I just burst into tears because it was just that whole, you know, I don't really know what's going on and, and you're trying to tell me that, this maybe is not just going to affect us and this potential baby that we're going to have, but it's also potentially life-threatening for me. Um, no one ever tells you this when you um, are trying to have a baby or anything, so that that was sort of, it all hit me. Um, I think the next day, so I took off work, I called them and tried to explain, and, you know, I'd only been working there for two weeks or so, so that was really hard.
0: Oh, gosh. Um,
1: and luckily, the the manager that I was w- working with was female, so I think that kind of helped a little bit. That she, you know, maybe she hasn't dealt with it directly, but at least may probably knows someone who's experienced it. So um,
0: she was okay.
1: And the next morning, we went and got an ultrasound. Um, and I like it, you know, having to try and explain each time. There was I would say at least three or four different times that we had to say. You know, we're here because our doctor thinks it's ectopic. We, you know, we think it's not viable. And the forms and everything kind of don't really help in that way, I don't think. Like they... They explain, you know, they want to know how many weeks along you are, and it's it's all very clinical and not very emotive, I guess, and and that's, you know, doctors and stuff, but, but the, that's probably how it's supposed to be. But we're having to fill in all these forms saying, you know, our doctor thinks it's ectopic, our doctor thinks it's ectopic, and it's just each time having to write those things is sort of more and more scary as we're starting to have it all sink in. Um, I went and got the ultrasound and they couldn't see anything and then as they were sort of moving around they, they felt like they could see something in the left tube I think it was and that's where I'd started getting some pains as well which is that can be one of the sort of warning signs um, and so then they went and grabbed someone else for a second opinion and um, still couldn't sort of figure it out at that point. So they referred us to the um, local hospital's early pregnancy unit, which I think is just sort of a more specialised area where they deal with um, ectopic pregnancies. Um, and at that point we are pretty sure that this is what it was and, and we're most likely dealing with uh, the ectopic pregnancy. And if not, at the very least it's pretty likely, like it's you know, 100% now that it's not viable. Um, I don't think we really had all that much time to process it because we were just too busy, sort of really worried about everything and, and trying to process and understand the information, doing lots of Googling and that not really helping either. <laughs> um, and when we went to, I can't, I can't remember the exact dates now because it's obviously a little while ago now, but um, we went to the early pregnancy unit and they explained that the... Um, that, yeah, it was an ectopic pregnancy and there was different options about um, choosing, a, you know, what we could do about it. Um, at that time, my HG levels weren't increasing hugely. So um, they were sort of on the, they really kind of gave me the decision of whether I could um, choose to try and pass it nat- naturally, take medication, and then I think the other option was the DNC, but they were sort of suggesting, you know, we're not going to do that unless we have to. Like at the moment right now, it doesn't seem like it should be an option. Um, And hopefully, you know, choosing one of the other two options would be the better thing for you. Um, I think we probably had the option to do the GNC if we really wanted to, but we didn't really understand what that was at the time anyway. So we're just sort of happy to go with what they'd suggested. Um, We did end up in the hospital at one point um, because they'd explained to us sort of throughout this process, if at any point you, I think it starts to get really sore shoulders maybe and dizziness, um, then that that could be signs of um, it bursting. And it, that's where the life-threatening sort of stuff comes in is where um, it can you can bleed out, I think. Um, again, it's all a long time ago, so um, I'm probably not explaining it as a medical opinion but just more my experience um and so at one point we were sort of just sitting around and and then I started feeling really dizzy um and so my husband sort of started to freak out and just think we need to get to the hospital because who knows what could happen And, and you know the worst thing would be that it actually you know it's not just losing a baby now it's potentially losing you so we went to the hospital straight away and we did tests and everything and I ended up staying in there for about three or four hours um but that you know, luckily, I think just because we'd gone up there, it was more of a precaution and we were sort of more worried because we didn't know what was going on, whereas um, I think they were, like once they'd done tests and stuff, they were comfortable that I was okay. It was just more of a, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. Um, And so after that, I think it was that where we had that conversation where we could choose what we wanted to do. And at that point, because the medical, uh, like the medication would actually mean that we wouldn't be able to conceive for a longer period of time and at that point we kind of still wanted the idea of conceiving um we decided to go naturally and then I guess I was lucky in some respects that I just never needed the the medication um it was definitely really really painful it was the sort of the worst pain I think I've ever felt and there were times where um my husband wanted to take me back up to the hospital again and we're just sort of coping with it. I imagine, you know, not having ever actually gone through labour that the pains that I was feeling were a similar or small version of contractions. Because yes, they yes. like mm-hmm, definitely mm-hmm. what was explained to me and, and yeah, it was horrible. Um and then yeah, bled a lot obviously as well. And I think it took it about sort of 2 weeks before i felt completely okay and completely not sort of feeling pain or not bleeding anymore um and yeah so we were, i think we were in probably about late november by that point um and i guess living with family and stuff at that time as well was quite difficult because they really wanted to be involved but there were times where we sort of just wanted to deal with it ourselves so we're kind of had the option to to move into our own house sort of a couple, I think just after that sort of it had happened. And so we did that and that really helped as well. Um, so that was the first one. And I guess we were told at that point as well, like, you know, it's really unlucky that that's happened, but most likely, you know, the next one you'll be fine and, um, you know, just keep trying and, and you'll you know, hopefully the next time. You, you won't have any issues like you've had your you know it is one and four, so you've now had your one and four like you, you'll be fine the next time. Um, so we didn't really worry about it too much and, and didn't you know was still sort of trying, but in that period of time I had changed my um, job. Um, and then again, sort of I think I was only about three or four weeks into that job and we found out we were pregnant again um, right near um Anzac Day which is 25th of April I think we would found out um and that was still really exciting again like it was I guess we had this hope of what we'd been told around you know now that the first one's out of the way like you you know you're most likely going to be okay for the next time it's pretty rare that people have recurrent miscarriages so you know this one will work out um so we were a bit unsure of whether to tell people or not just because of our experience the first time. But again, cause I can't keep secrets very well um, as soon as I sort of suggested that I wasn't going to drink alcohol. I was at, I think my parents' house and they just, they picked it up. So they knew and, and most sort of people close to us knew that we were yeah, pregnant yeah. then. Um, and I think that one in particular was sort of exciting and and funny in the timing in a way because we were due on the 29th of December and that's actually my birthday so it was sort of this like fun thing of you know oh wow like you know I I hate having my birthday between Christmas and New Year and now we're gonna have a baby that has the same birthday but mine is
0: December 30th
1: oh really (laughs) I I feel the same way you do (laughs) it's such a crappy time to have a birthday. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I was really kind of like, Oh, this sucks. Like, I don't really want to you know, be pregnant during summer for us. That's the crap. Like it's so hot here. <laughs> um, and I also don't want to have a baby during Christmas in the year, but I'll take it. Like if that's a baby, yeah, it's healthy. I'm, I'm happy. Um, I don't really remember cause it, again, it's you know, two years ago now. Um, cause it's April 2016. I don't remember too much, but, I think we'd found out fairly early because I was still pretty hyper aware of you know my cycle and really onto it. We'd been actively trying and gotten to the point where we were sort of trying. We had like ovulation tests and I was doing my body temperature and stuff. Um, I'm as a kind of so my personality is that once I decided I'm going to do something, I do it 150%. So I was really into it and, and doing everything I needed to do. Um, and so when we find it, found out it was really exciting and we had about, I think three or four weeks at least of knowing that we were going to have a baby before we then found out again, the same thing with the low HCG levels. So in this instance, it wasn't ectopic and that it was sort of going up, but not fast enough. It like, it actually went up and then it just started going down. And as soon as it starts going down, that's a pretty good sign of the fact that you're going to miscarriage at some point. Um, mm-hmm. And I was, again, given an option to um, have it, like, you know, there could be medication if you want to, but from because you're early enough, like, you're probably just going to pass it naturally, and and I did. So from memory, I think that took another, say, week or so once we found out the the results of the HCG, and um, I actually – before all this, was really, really afraid of needles. I hated them so much and I would never go and get any needles, even if I had to. Um, and it's through this that, you know, when you when you have to check HCG levels and they have to keep monitoring you, you need to go and get a blood test every two days, I think. Um, so I'd had upwards in the just the two pregnancies probably – like 15 or 20 blood tests oh so I'm God, very very used to them now <laughs> like I'm just not scared of them at all so I guess that's like one good thing that's come out of it yeah, um yeah. but yeah we had to go and do those and so um luckily again the job that I'd moved into they were pretty understanding it was a small non for profit um and although it's run by two sort of young guys so they you know didn't really understand what we were going through they were at least understanding of the fact that you know, that's something that happens and, and that I need time and space to um, to heal and, and I had the flexibility of working from home someday so I kind of just sort of managed working from home and then sometimes going in and they were completely okay with that. I ended up having to tell them because we'd planned on when when I'd found out I was pregnant, we'd planned on, um, I think, the following week as a team going up this huge mountain and hiking and we'd sort of talk to our doctor and they were like, no, I'm not a good idea if that's not something you're used to, like you know, exercise-wise as well as just, you know, you could slip and you could hurt yourself. So we had to tell them, you know, I didn't feel like I could lie appropriately without then seeming like I wasn't part of the team. So I was honest about the pregnancy, which then inevitably meant I had to be honest about um, miscarrying, but they were really good about it. Yeah, uh, good. I think my husband probably felt it the most in that one. Um, he had started a new job since moving up to Brisbane and wasn't super happy with it. So I think that that kind of plays a part in your emotions. If you're you know really happy and have that distraction, that's awesome. But if it's not bringing you joy then it can sort of amplify your emotions and um I remember him just particularly taking that really hard um whereas I was kind of able to process it better and almost moved into the bit of the caretaking mode with him um and I guess we've been lucky in that each of these one has always felt it harder than the other so we've been able to support each other going through it um And I think we then, after that sort of thought, okay, well, this is two now Um, and we were told by multiple doctors that um, three is the sort of magic number. So you have to keep trying until three and then when you have three miscarriages, that's when something's wrong and that's when you go and see specialists. And to be honest, I think we're pretty frustrated with that because we're fairly impatient people. Like I want to know what's going on now. Of course. (laughs) Um, It's not fair to have to wait till three, but you know, where I guess, you know, doctors, you feel at times like they know what they're talking about. And so if that's what they're saying, and that's what they're referring us to, then that's just what we have to do. And again, Google sort of said the same thing. So we just sort of dealt with it. And um, I know we didn't sort of actively try as much. And in June of 2016, that's when we decided, well, if we're not having a baby, like, let's get married then. Um, Because we'd been engaged for about a year and a half now Um, and we'd gone back and forth between sort of what kind of wedding and things we wanted to do and just had been putting it off and so I think that miscarriage kind of led to a decision of like just stop it let's go and like get this done so that we can move that step of our lives forward and feel like we're at least achieving goals in that way and um, we also just because we never do things half um, we decided to start building a house as well so by June July we'd signed up to start building a house and Decided we were gonna get married in December and decided we we're gonna to go to France for our honeymoon. So a lot of things all in one go. Yeah. Um yeah. and you know, in hindsight, I think looking back now, maybe that was a bit of a coping mechanism. It's like, well, if we definitely, don't have definitely. control over this, we have control yeah. over these other things. Let's get them all done instead. Um, so yeah, they, they that all happened. We got married um in December of twenty seventeen and then went away for four weeks to France. So um it was a really amazing trip and something i think we really needed and again that's where the sort of you know relief of not being at work and not having stress um and we end up conceiving on our honeymoon um and i think that you know they it's something that they you you say all the time of that idea of um you know like you have your honeymoon you get knocked up in your honeymoon and that's you know your baby and it's just that exciting like it's almost a bit of a fairy tale idea i think yeah so um that was really exciting to find out that we are pregnant then. The only reason we found out we were pregnant and found out we were pregnant so early is that i actually gotten quite sick over in France and um, ended up with pneumonia. So I was in hospital with that um, and they needed to do x-rays to check my chest. And they said, you know, is there any chance you're pregnant? And I was like, oh, well, there's always a chance. Like, I did not think so, but, you know, there's always a chance. And so they went and did a blood test just to make sure um and then ended up having to this poor guy sort of awkwardly had to come and tell me just before going to the x-ray room that we were pregnant um and I was really ill at the time and and um yeah I, I think he just sort of felt because I would had said about having miscarriages before so I think he felt really horrible having to sort of tell me and we weren't sure what was going to happen but at that point, you know, I was thinking, well, number three, surely nothing's bad going to happen to this one. And maybe it was meant to be because it happened on our honeymoon. So I was really excited. Um, and so we ended up getting the sort of x-rays and had to do extra things to make sure that we're okay. Getting the x-ray and um, managed to sort of get over that hump of, of not being sick anymore, um, but almost sort of, I think, in seeing the doctor about me being unwell we also also talked about well we've I think we changed doctors at that point as well because we'd moved um and I started organizing to see a doctor that shared care with a particular hospital in Brisbane that's known for sort of really good pregnancy and labor and birth care so um we sort of changed them and gave them our whole history of, you know, this is our third time now and we've had an ectopic and, you know, I guess we're deemed a bit higher risk. Um, Can we go and do these tests straight away? Because we need to know what's going on with these HCG levels. That's what's been our issue beforehand. We need to check it now. So normally where I think they would give us a chance to sort of wait it out um, in this instance, they went and did tests almost immediately. So I think we are only about four weeks at that time. Um, And we did an ultrasound as well to see if we could see anything because I I was also a bit unsure of, you know, am I actually feeling like I'm four weeks or could I be, say, eight weeks and the the results are wrong uh, or the results are low? And so we went and did an ultrasound and they couldn't see anything. Um, and then we got the HCG levels back and kept doing the same thing, of you know, taking it every two days. Um, and they did go up and then uh, same thing, they just started going down. And so we knew that we were going to miscarry at that point. Um, the scary thing about that one, I think, was, um, again, like another team building thing we went and did this like big trip down to Sydney and Canberra. So and it was in a bus, so it was quite a while away. And I was really unsure as to whether I wanted to go or not just because I wanted to be near my husband, but ended up deciding that I wanted to be sort of part of the team. And so wanted to go um, and knew at any point that they would like, they were completely aware of the situation. And if at any point I needed to fly back straight away, then that was an option to do that. Um, and then, I think maybe day five of six into that trip I started to feel like I was spotting um, and was a bit, you know, unsure, made the mistake of sending a message to my mum instead of my husband. So she was unaware of the situation and I tried to like bluff it off but then she is smart enough to Google so she figured it out. Um, And, yeah, once I got back and did more tests, once I got back we realised that actually – the same same issue of your PCG levels just not going up high enough and then starting to go back down and and again naturally past um, the baby uh, and I think we'd only got to about six weeks that time and that that one probably hit me the hardest because I just really loved the idea of of conceiving on our honeymoon and and having that and, and
0: a fairy tale just, yeah
1: yeah yeah it was kind of it really felt I think sometimes you can really you know things happen for a reason and so we're able to explain the other two like you know you know it wasn't good timing because we'd only just moved to Brisbane and the second one you know, wasn't good timing because we ended up getting married and we wouldn't have been able to go and have that amazing honeymoon um, if you know we had a baby so those things can be explained but now we felt like well we've got the house underway we're married everything's in order you know this one should work and so I was very frustrated when it didn't um, and I didn't feel like I had a reason as to why it didn't work. It just didn't. Um, and that's when I started writing. Um, I think that's what really helped me to get through that was writing everything down, writing how I was feeling and just generally being frustrated and but, but sharing that through paper rather than sort of holding all that in. Um, <clears throat> and then our last one was... June, so about nine months ago now, and all pretty much the same process. Um, I again had changed jobs. I feel like I've changed jobs quite frequently now that I talk about all this. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Um, So I moved to another non-for-profit that supports women and that was sort of my end goal and and something that I've really enjoyed doing. And luckily, again, I guess being in an organisation that helps women with so many different things, it was really easy just to be honest with my boss and say, this is what's going on. This has been our history. I'd only known her for about maybe a month or six weeks when this happened. Um, but I was really comfortable in being able to explain, like, you know, obviously I'm not going to tell you this in an interview, but actually we have been trying and and it hasn't worked out for us. And she was completely understanding, has children herself, and just really wanted to make sure that we're okay. So it allowed me to take, I think I took about a week off at that time and, um, we had our own stuff, I think, going on at that point as well. We were just at the point of moving into our house. And when you build a house, I'm not sure if it's the same over there, but because we were building, we were paying sort of a home loan for the building but also paying rent elsewhere. So sort of financially it was a really tight time um, and that always causes stress in a relationship plus the fact that we were sort of struggling with once, as soon as we found out we were pregnant. We were kind of, that was, I remember that last time just being like, well, you know, I just remember showing you the test and going here we go again like you know hold
0: your, hold breath. your breath we can't get yeah. excited yet mm-hmm.
1: yeah yeah and i really like i think that's the thing that i found the most frustrating out of all of yeah. this i we can't get excited mm-hmm. um, and because we just don't know what's going to happen and we still don't really have answers as to why these things are happening and so we just can't do the you know the fun t-shirt and the gift anymore because we know that like there's a huge possibility that it's not going to work out um and that's what had happened then. And I, you know, I think everything had sort of come up against this. And I just, I was like, I can't, I can't go to work this week. The the particular job that I had was helping um, women that do have sort of experiences of either domestic violence or mental health or, or, um, struggling on themselves. And so there's a certain level of sort of compassion and care that you need to have in that role. And what I really felt like at that time was just sort of closing myself into an office and not having to deal with anything. So I knew that it was, that was me checking in and just, you know, realizing I need time. And and it took the week in order to have that time. It was really bad timing with work, but, um, luckily they were able to support us through that. Um, and, yeah, that was our that was our last one. So it's now been nine nine months, ten months, nine months. I think um, since our last one, and we're still sort of trying. Um, we've actually uh, gone and seen. So we went and saw a specialist in November. Um, just with everything with the previous one and my job changing and stuff, we just knew that we needed to go and start seeing someone, but hadn't really organised it properly and um, there's certain ways that you've got to go and do it through like going to your GP first and then going to a specialist and so we finally went and saw someone in November of last year and um, had all these sort of tests planned to go and get and then um, my parents unfortunately broke up over Christmas so we've been sort of managing their stuff for a of months. yeah yeah it has it's been pretty difficult to sort of deal with on top of our own stuff and my job's increased in terms of the amount of things that I'm sort of doing there and that's a good thing because it helps to be a distraction but it, it is an excess thing that happens in addition to sort of dealing with their emotions and um, you know dealing with our own stuff as well and so we kind of have been putting those tests off because we, we knew we needed to do them but we just haven't had the energy at the end of the day to say okay well we need to go and book this time off and then go and organize those tests and um all of that so we just haven't done it and I went and saw our GP again this week because I was just at a point where um we we're really struggling with everything and me particularly I was struggling with everything um, that's been going on with both my family and and with our own stuff um, and my job as well you know, we're going through a merger at the moment so it's you know everyone's a bit on edge and I'm fairly secure in my role but I'm still you know there's always that element of being on edge when, when, when there's change in a company um, and so I went and saw my GP and had explained sort of where I was feeling and, and how I was feeling and so she suggested to um, in Australia you can go on a mental health care plan and that gives you access to cheaper therapy you can go up to I think it's 10 sessions that are that of um, covered under Medicare, which is sort of our public health system. Um, and so she'd organised that for me and I'm going to go and do that now because um, that's something I think you know, I mm-hmm. haven't set up very good boundaries around sort of I'm the caretaker generally in my family and I'm a caretaker at work as well and then sort of caretaker of our own family. So it's been really good to sort of take that step and acknowledge it's good to have your own help and, and you need to prioritize yourself first. Um, and I think the wake up call a little bit with that was also that I'd explained the last, you know, the last couple of months, I've realized that my period had just been going for less and less. And so almost to the point where I would consider it maybe implementation bleeding, but taking a test and realizing, no, not pregnant. Um, and then questioning the tests and wondering whether they were right or not, um, and when I talked to her about that, and then I explained everything that was going on in our lives, she said, "You know, I'm not 100% sure, but I think you're not ovulating because of all the stress that you're dealing with. Um, I don't think it's, you know, happening as much as you want, and so you have to go and try and sort these things out before you then go and get all these tests because you know, this stress that you're dealing with is is actually affecting your journey now. So we need to try and sort that out first. So." That's been a real wake-up call to realise you know, I need to try and prioritise our family because we've just gone through all these things and just dealt with it and dealt with it. Um, but actually now we've kind of, we're now struggling with infertility, I guess, rather than just, you know, being able to get pregnant but not knowing why it's not sticking. Um, so hopefully we, we start to sort of see that happen and you know, over the next couple of months try and reorganize our lives so that we can get to a point where we can do the tests again um, and start trying again properly and really focus on that so that we can make it happen wow big story
0: <laughs> yeah it is and you're still on a journey and I feel like you're just kind of getting to the point where you are taking a breath and taking care of yourself so yeah. that's good to hear
1: Yeah, absolutely. I would say that's, which is really hard to do, I think. Oh yeah.
0: Especially as the caretaker, if you're normally the caretaker.
1: Yeah. And as female as well, I think that's just naturally something that we sort of feel inclined to do. Um, and so it's really hard to to take a step back and actually put boundaries in place and say, "I'm sorry, like I can't deal with your stuff today because I need to deal with my own." Like it's such a hard thing to do, but but you know, I'm getting better with it, and hopefully that helps and changes our changes our story.
0: Yes, and for those listening, Maureen has a really really wonderful blog that she has shared some of her. Um, thoughts, feelings, just everything. And I will have it linked. It's miscarriagediaries.com That link will be down below. So for those listeners who also enjoy reading the words of our guests, please take a look at that. And Maureen, thank you so much for joining me today, for sharing your story. And we hope that you get some answers that you take care of yourself. You get some answers and um, have really positive things moving forward.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I hope so too.